0: What's up motherfuckers, before we begin episode 8 of segments, we are brought to you by GluntOfficial.com, that's G-L-U-N-T-O-F-F-I-C-I-A-L.com, GluntOfficial, like I said, there's a lot of people out there that roll their weed using the Swisher Sweet Cigarillos, or the games, or they use those bleached white papers, how do you think they got them white? But anyways, like I said, ladies and gentlemen, GluntOfficial.com can really save you some time, can really save you some money, and potentially save you some years on your life. Because, like I said previously, the chemicals in those swishers, the chemicals in the rolling papers that a lot of people use, are very hazardous to your health. They're very dangerous, and a lot of those pose significant health risks. So, why not Try to pose with something a lot cleaner, a lot more natural. With glunt officials, basically it's like a pipe. It's a, it's a, a glunt, for those who don't know, it's a glass blunt. You just fill it up with the weed, you grind it up, you twist it, and it's able to grind it, and there you go. It's portable. You can bring it everywhere you go, before you go on a date, before you go into class, before anywhere. Obviously, it's got to be legal, a legal spot to do it, but it's like a portable blunt. You don't have to finish it all at one point. I've had a couple of them in my life, and... um actually broke the last one I had by accident. I think I dropped it or something or the screw broke or something like that. But Glutton Official, like I said, we've teamed up with Glutton Official, provide my loyal listeners of the G-Meeker MMA show and segments with 10% off when you enter my promo code. Gabriel 2018 at the checkout one more time, Gabriel 2018. For those who don't know how to spell it, for this, hope you guys learn how to spell by the time I'm uh, I'm uh, have a hundred episodes of segments. But Gabriel G A B R I E L 2018 for ten percent off. All right, ladies, and gentlemen, let's begin the show. What is up ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to episode 8 of Segments Ladies and Gentlemen. It is February 6th, 2018. We are live. Live from Stockton, California, home of Nate Diaz motherfuckers. Anyways, guys, welcome to a brand new show. It's, it's actually pretty good. It's pretty exciting. Because we just came off of episode 137, and I think that was, like, one of the best episodes we've done. I mean, I I can necessarily just say that. I mean, I I do say that about, like, every single episode, but um, mainly when when you're gone for so long, and, and for me, 19 days is so long, especially when... You put a lot of passion into the job that you're doing. Imagine just not working for 19 days. That would be chaotic. That would be critical. And you would go crazy at home just having nothing to do or having not nowhere to go. Because all you're doing is thinking about the passions that you have for the sport. That's how I was. That's how I was when it comes to the podcast. So, like I said, that last episode meant a lot to me because... The fact is, I was gone for a while, and I finally came back. I wasn't rusty or anything. I was excited. I was thinking about it like every single day. So, you got know to I mean you got to imagine how excited I was to finally get back and do it. Like I said, I mean, it was a great episode. We, uh, basically, we just all we talked about. I think we we talked about because it's been that long. Uh, it was like UFC 220 and, and Daniel Cormier and the big fight between Cormier and the heavyweight champion Stipe Miocic. How how it was kind of in my opinion. Declared a, a super fight. I mean everyone else a lot of other people call it super fight as well, but I, I'm at that's a fight That's a real 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 interesting fight. I I, I can't wait for that one That's an exciting one both guys man are at the top of, at the top of the heap I mean both guys at the champion and and you know, it's a win-win situation, you know for, for Cormier There's a bigger opportunity Like I was saying he had a big opportunity was basically, you know he gets the heavyweight title and he 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 was a former Force Grand Prix heavyweight champion. So, you know, uh, uh, and, and one more accolade. Also, 13-0 at heavyweight, so he's undefeated. And he looks to give Stepe the toughest test that he's ever had. So, we talked about that and and some other amazing stuff, but a lot of things I was doing today. Actually, before this podcast, I was trying to, um, establish a secure connection via Wi-Fi for the podcast, and it was just not failing. So, I was thinking about just waiting till I get back home on, um, well, get back home and get my connection back on for, uh, for, on, on Thursday, and I was like, I can't wait that long. I'm like, I'm like too, too solid on information. I'm like, I'm way too deep in information right now. I was brainstorming like there was no tomorrow from like, from, I actually, uh, went back and watched. This is gonna sound crazy, like I said on the post. I actually went back and I was, I was just, you know. Looking at, thinking about some things, you know, whatever was in the news. We're talking about some of these things are in the news. Valentina Shevchenko, uh, her opponent, Priscilla Cashuera, that was her name. We finally figured her name out. Props to me. I kept saying her opponent, her opponent, her opponent on there, referring to her opponent as her opponent. I didn't say it. I didn't have a name for, for Priscilla Cashuera. So a lot in the news between that. I did a lot of critical thinking on that from from Valentina's performance to where she stacks up in the women's flyweight division Two, Mario Yamasaki's, quote-unquote, controversial stoppage. We're going to get into a lot of that stuff. This is, this is going to be one of the most exciting shows that I feel like I've done in a while because I feel like as I start to look into these things a lot more deeper and actually focus a lot more harder on these specific topics, it's going to get a lot more fun because I'm going to have a lot more uh, of information to say, I'm going to have a lot more things to talk about, and I'm going to summarize them in the best way, shape, and form. So that's basically what I've been doing. You know, I watched. I actually watched Amanda Nunes versus Valentina Shevchenko too, and for those who didn't know, I literally... Probably now. I've never seen that. I haven't seen that fight like I think I was working on that day that it happened And I just never had the the willingness to go back and watch it I know MMA fanatic thinking about sport 25 7 didn't watch that fight, but I watched the fight today because honestly, I was assessing Valentina Shevchenko's performances how she looks and man i can't say enough nice things about it like the last the last few days i've really just been thinking hard about it i'm like the top women's no, top female fighters in the world today currently has to be chris cyborg and obviously amanda Nunes, because she did beat her and we'll get to amanda Nunes in a few like, few minutes but um Valentina Shevchenko, Amanda Nunes, and Chris Cyborg. Cause if you've seen Valentina's performances inside the Octagon, she's looked nothing but spectacular every single time. You know, the way she, she beat Juliana Pena with that, that nasty armbar, bar I means she outpointed the, the kickboxing, multiple time boxing and kickboxing champion Holly Holm. She dispatched Holly Holm, um, and the way she put that beating on Priscilla Castrera, man, that 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 was one of the most brutal brutal things I've ever seen. But like I said, we're gonna get to that. This is why this is so fucking exciting because I'm thinking about this shit 25 seven. Okay, first things first, we're gonna get to like the um, the stoppage. At no point in time on it, I'm gonna say this straight up from the, from the time I started this fight. By the way. Not, no disrespect, but from that first punch Valentina threw, I knew it was going to be over pretty soon. But, all right, seconds off. Seconds off. Okay. Um, from the stoppage. The stoppage, there wasn't people were talking about, why didn't he stop the fight here? Why didn't he stop the fight there? And they're just complaining, 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 complaining. And, um, honestly, at no point in time, from the point, uh, from the, point the fight started to the end, did I think they should stop the fight. I mean the girl was fighting. This is the thing Priscilla was defending herself properly Well, she wasn't well she was getting battered and she was getting beaten But the thing is she was trying to get out of those bad spots I noticed that I was watching her and I was seeing it from her side of the view and I was watching it And I was just like is she gonna survive she just has to keep hanging on she has to say, hang on She has to improve her position or she's gonna stop the fight uh, or Mario Yamasaki is gonna stop the fight Excuse me, and I looked at Mario Yamasaki in, oh it seems like I was there I wish I was but um I look at Mario Yamasaki now uh, looking at him, I was like, oh, fuck, I hope he doesn't stop the fight. I mean, I mean, it's not that. I mean, it was Prashida a uh, UFC debut, so it's not like I was just, you know, I, I need her to hang on so she can she, she, see if she can come back and win. It's not that. I just wanted to see if she had it in her to defend herself and survive and maybe en route to a unanimous decision. But like I said, I said something what I said earlier backwards. When I seen that first punch thrown by Valentina and it connected solid on her chin, I knew it was going to be some trouble. I mean, that looked like a woman And a girl fighting, basically. But the thing is, people are, this is like I said, I capitalized on this yesterday. But this is the thing. People are talking about the sanctioning of that fight. Why the Brazilian Athletic Commission allowed it. Why the UFC put that match, match together. Dana did say some things on his Instagram, if you go and see it, there's a couple of screenshots, I'm pretty sure if you're smart you can find them, but Dana obviously responds to fans sometimes, stupid fans on Instagram and stuff and saying that's how every fight with Valentina is going to be at flyweight, because you literally look at the flyweight division of the women's flyweight division, there's no one in that division that's a threat except Valentina Shevchenko. The thing is, she was unranked at flyweight. This was her first fight at flyweight, and she looked absolutely phenomenal. I mean, all respects to the ranked women in the flyweight division, but I've never really even seen any of those women fight, except Roxanne Montefiore, and uh, briefly Nico Montano. But other than that, I haven't seen anyone else fight, so I really legitimately don't think, and I'm sure a lot of you other guys don't think that as well, but there is no one that can challenge better than... Valentina Shevchenko There's no one else That's legitimate enough That's earned it That's as skilled As Valentina Literally the top I'm, I'm not even kidding When I say that It's like the top three Women's fighter Of all time She is in the discussion She's so skilled She's so technical Her striking's beautiful Everything about her Is beautiful She's a beautiful girl too though I love Valentina She's a cutie But uh She's a, a, a Beautiful striker She has excellent counters Everything about her Is just so excellent I mean, not many people have had major success against Valentina. That's the thing. I mean, two out of her three losses are to Amanda Nunes. Okay, look at that. Look at look at the championship landscape. I'm going to explain this. What I mean by championship landscape is you look at all the greats in MMA right now. You look at Daniel Cormier, for example. Okay, his only two losses in his career have been to John Jones. Okay, Valentina has three losses, and I think one out of those three losses were outside of the UFC or in another organization. But No one's beaten Valentina except for the champion, Amanda Nunes. Like I said, in a few minutes, we're going to get to that, and I'll give you my thoughts. I said I watched the fight, and I'm going to give you my thoughts on the decision. So I'm just looking at it from a logical standpoint. Okay. She got beaten by Amanda Nunes twice. Okay. Jose got beaten by Max Holloway twice and obviously Conor McGregor, but, you know, all these greats that are losing to their rivals two times in a row, okay, there's no beef after that, okay, like I said, for example, I don't want to see BJ Penn ever fight Frankie Edgar ever again, I don't even want anyone to think about that, um, okay, Jose Aldo, never fight Max Holloway again, uh, Frankie, I mean, I, there is a few, there, like I said, I said this earlier on my Instagram, there is a few fights, there probably like not even a handful of fights that I would be willing to see a third fight, we'll list three of them, Chad Mendez, Jose Aldo 3. Not because we've seen Jose Aldo get beaten and battered by Max Holloway twice. I'm not saying he softened up or anything, but I'm saying a good fight, an exciting fight for, for Chad Mendez would be to fight Jose Aldo, I think, when he comes back. Uh, Daniel Cormier and 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 John Jones 3. Because I said on the last episode that I felt that Cormier definitely did have massive success and a lot better, uh, much more improvements in that fight. Because the first fight you seen, Cormier was a lot more emotional. There's so much emotions leading into that fight. And then the second fight, he looked absolutely amazing i mean he he caught John with a couple good punches, and he looked better than he did before that, like I said, it was just all before that head kick that left high left head kick. He after that it was it just spelled the end for Daniel. But other than that, like I said, there's there's a couple of fights I want to see. Like I I, don't, I would not mind seeing a third fight between Valentina and Amanda. That was kind of like the highlight of the fights that I was really pointing to when it comes to fights. I want to see again. I wouldn't mind seeing Mendez Aldo three uh Shefchenko, Valentina three and Daniel Corrie and John Jones three. It's just it's rare because you th- th- this is literally the case. This is the, this is the case we live in. This is basically what it is. You got the you've got the second best guy and you got the baddest dude of all time. So this is the whole thing. Okay, John Jones is the baddest motherfucker on the planet. No no doubt about it. Take away the drug test, Anderson Silva is one of the greatest of all time. Take all the drugs out of that. Take everything out of that. Okay, they're all the greatest of all time. Okay, you got John Jones versus Daniel Cormier. Like I said, Cormier's only losses out of everyone he's fought. Out of 21 fights, he's only lost to John Jones. Okay. Jose Aldo, I mean, he's lost, I think he lost like four now. Jose Aldo's only lost losses to Conor McGregor and, and two of them to Max Holloway and, and some other guy in another organization that will probably never hear from again. Okay. So these guys are losing two times in a row. These men or these women are losing two times in a row. You got to look at it like this. These people that they are losing to, okay? Valentina lost to a very skilled Amanda Nunes. Amanda Nunes hits like a fucking truck. You get hit with the Amanda Nunes, you are gonna be rethinking your life for 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 <laughs> the, the, however long that fight lasts with her. She hits like a man. She has like a man, dude. There's her and Chris Cyborg. Man, those are two of the most powerful punchers I think I've ever seen inside the octagon. That just, just overall in, in in the world of mixed martial arts, anyone out of the women, I think those two are the hardest punchers ever. So, so there's no shame in that. There's no shame in and losing to the best fighters of all time I mean that she was you're the best fighters I mean some fighters drop up go up weight class some fighters go down weight class this is a perfect transition for Valentina you know as upset out as I was about the decision we're gonna get to that right now is I didn't agree with the decision at all I thought that was a very tactical fight between Amanda and and Valentina the second time around it was a very fun fight obviously it was a lot of tension it was a lot different than the first fight but there was a lot of tactical performances and and honestly I felt like it wasn't too much too active on the side of the champion, Amanda Nunes, you know, she landed a lot of John Jones deep kicks and front kicks to the body and stuff and some good counters and stuff. But other than that, I really feel like there wasn't too much hard activity. Like it's kind of reminiscent of what Tyron Woodley and Stephen Thompson were. You know, it wasn't too much action. You know, the, the times that there were action were the times that Tyron did catch Stephen Thompson and hurt him. And a lot of people are arguing. Other than that, Stephen Thompson held the distance. He dictated the pace, and and it was quite an uneventful fight. No, mind you, it was it was a very fun fight. It's just that it was so tactical, and I feel like both female, fi- both 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 women could have been a lot more active. But if I had to say who I personally, obviously, it was a close, close, close fight. It was a split decision, and I was gonna say like. If I felt that there was more, the, the, they were both active, but I was going to say, if there is someone that I felt was more active, I felt that it was Valentina. Not not just because that, I'm going to summarize that with this next point. Okay, because the fact is, I felt that she landed a lot more significant shots. I mean, she didn't hurt her, like like I said, Tyrone hurt Stephen Thompson. There wasn't any point in time where either women, uh, woman w- was hurt bad. I mean, you never know what punches hurt and which ones don't. You know, you can never tell. Some fighters fight so good that you can't even tell if they're hurt or not. But there's big punches, and there's big things that can happen that can significantly change a fight. And throughout that entire fight, it looked like, honestly, those women could go, like, five more rounds. That's why this is—I couldn't necessarily determine a winner. And I don't know if I'm just speaking from—because i barely just seen the fight. I'm going to have to watch it a couple more times to generally guarantee—like, kind of generate— a solid opinion, a solid straight opinion. I don't, you know, the thing about opinions is not everyone agrees. But then you got, this is how opinions work. You got people that do agree. You got people that think you're out of your fucking mind. And you got people that solidly agree with what you say and can see where you're coming from. That's, that's why I like a podcast because this is a whole discussion about sports. This is a whole topic, this is a whole thing, you break all down. We talk about fights. We talk about what's next. We talk about what could be what could happen next. What, what our opinions on it. And when these things happen in the sport, from from the stoppages, from the bad judging, from mismatched fights to super fights to everything. It just makes the whole world so exciting. It's like a whirlwind of different shit. So I enjoy every single minute of this of these podcasts and doing them and, and they're very fun for me and they're very active. So on the way back to Valentina man you know she's one of the best of all time like I said for that fight I felt that you know like I said you no know, Amanda did get a couple takedowns So okay what are takedowns and cheap kicks take down, two takedowns and you know a solid cheap kicks you know she did kick her a lot of times but you know she cracked her a couple times too but you know honestly other than that you know the most significant things that I think personally that she landed was the takedown, those two takedowns briefly, it was like, a, you know, they had a clinched up and Valentina had was, had looked to th- uh, throw her judo throw. She was going to toss her, ju- judo toss her, and then Amanda ends up on top. And then after, and towards like the last minute, you know, probably like the last round, like middle of the last round, Amanda shoots for a takedown. And she controls Valentina for solidly for the whole entire fight, not the whole entire fight, the whole entire rest of that round, and she ends up on top. But Valentina did land a lot more significant strikes. But like like I'm saying, the thing about this that makes it so hard is that I feel like there's not enough. They didn't do enough in that fight. So I was thinking earlier, you know, to say I disagree with the decision, I do. (laughs) Excuse me. (laughs) Damn, three sneezes in a row. I'm going to die. But um, this is how I basically saw it. Exactly like this. Amanda didn't win that fight. But I feel like Valentina did win. But if anything that could take this out, take that Valentina won, you know, maybe, maybe she didn't win. But all I know is that, that fight should possibly have been a draw. That's the thing. This fight should have been like a draw or Valentina, because I don't think Amanda won. Now why am I saying it's a draw then if I don't think Amanda won? Because it's just, there wasn't enough action to necessarily determine a winner and the only key points the only the, the most important parts of this whole entire thing was the significant strikes that i felt Val, valentina landed because necessarily i didn't think amanda did enough I, I still don't as i start to keep talking about it i'm starting to picture the fight and i was watching it earlier like i said i watched all of it the entire fight i didn't Think that Amanda was active enough. She did land a lot of good kicks and and you know those two takedowns I and mean, a couple of her punches. You know she hits. She's gonna hurt. But she necessarily Valentina looked like she just woke up when she when she got there. Like she didn't look like she was. She like I said, she looked fresh as fuck. She looked like she can go maybe like five more rounds, maybe ten more rounds. Who knows? But like I said, the landscape of that fight. like I said, that's one of those rare fight. One of those rare ones. Now. If someone wanted, asked me if I want to see another Stephen Thompson Tyler Woodley fight, no. But this is one of those rare fights that I want. I would love to see a third fight. You know, this is it's a little bit more significant than the John Jones one. I've, I I've picked this as my number one fight of all time to rewatch. Okay, now we're moving, focusing on Valentina. Okay, for Valentina now, with her successfully defeating, or making, well, defeating Priscilla Casuera and making a successful flyweight, bout, uh, flyweight debut. She looked amazing, man. Her body, she didn't look like she was depleted at all. She looked she looked the same. She's just such a tiny bantamweight. I didn't even realize how tiny she was until I really started to pay attention compared to her, her comparing her to the women she was fighting. I mean, she outclassed a Holly Holm that could easily be fighting at 145 pounds full time. She's a tiny girl. The fact is, she, she fought Joanna Young-Jacek. Know, Yuwani on J former strawweight champion for any way there is no I hope you do know who that is if you don't stop listening to my show. Um former 115 pounds, So she's being Yuwani on J Check in Muay Thai, She's had dozens of Muay Thai fights. I, I don't know, kickboxing fights. It looks like she has probably has a, a dozen kickboxing fights as well as MMA fights. So she's like highly experienced compared to her her last opponent, but like I said, she made a successful flyweight debut and For those who don't know, there is a flyweight champion out there, women's flyweight champion, Nico Montano, who is currently injured. Like I said, I I haven't been keeping up to date too much to... Honestly, I'm going to be straight up. I have not watched a lot of female uh, MMA lately. All those recent fights, you know, there's Chris Cyborg, Holly Holm fight. I watch bits and clips, but I've just been so damn busy. Obviously, not too busy enough to do the podcasts and stuff, but you know I I talk about it enough. I just talk about the points that I feel like I need to talk about. Me personally, this is me basically just. This is all. This is everything that goes on in my mind. I talk about these fights, you know, and I just give my points out there. You know, I'm not necessarily trying to be better than anyone. I'm just logically trying to get some good points out there. It's it. it, it there's fights that are going to happen like that. There's there's things that are going to go on that everyone is going to be talking about, and everybody's necessarily says the same thing. Okay. Do I? I I try not to. I try to mix it up in the best way, shape, and form that I can for anybody that listens. For me... Just in general, just just in just in general, when it comes to life and, and different things, I necessarily when it comes to explaining things, I like to kind of just you know explain it to a point where everybody can understand. If everybody can understand what I'm saying, then I'm doing my job. Because you got to summarize things, you got to highlight things, you got to move things. You just got to keep going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, allowing people to realize realize what you're talking about and and have everyone keep up. Hardcore MMA fans know exactly what I'm talking about. You know, I know this is episode segments, but this is a lot of stuff that's been going on, and I'm really excited to be back here talking about it. So, like I said, for Valentina, she should have a date with flyweight champion Nico Montano because I feel that's a fight to make. I, I was giving a look on the UFC ranking web, rankings website the other, other day, and I was looking, and I was like, where the fuck do these ranks come from? How are the fuck are all these people ranked? Who the fuck are all these people? Because literally, like, that is the, oh, obviously it's the newest division, but I'll say that is the only division that I don't know who, maybe like 90% of the people, I, I heard of Nico Montano, she's a champion, obviously was going to pay attention to that, and, um, but Roxanne Modafferi, obviously, uh, now with with former 135ers going down to, what the? Was Paige Van Zandt a 125? No, she was 115. Never mind. Um, but you got you got girls like Paige Van Zandt. You got uh, Jessica I. So when you got more notables that are either going from 135 to 125, dropping 10 pounds, or you've got people going from 115 to 125, you know, you know, either one is good. I'm happy for both of them. If you move up, that's good. If you move down, that's great. For Valentina's, for Valentina's sake, moving down would be the best thing. Cause she's always she's been very successful at bantamweight too. Don't don't get me wrong, but for her, I feel the best possible solution for her and route to a world champion. Not saying I don't want to see. I just told you guys I don't want to see Amanda Valentina three. But her her quickest route route to UFC gold would be flyweight because, I like I said earlier, when it comes to talking about the greats, you know. People move up in weight classes, people move down in weight classes. And they do better than they have ever done. World champion at different weight class. You know, this that higher weight class, this wasn't the weight class for you. Like I said, she was like she was inches away from becoming the champion at one thirty five. So, you know, like I said, I feel like there's there is no one at one twenty five, women's one twenty five that I feel stands a chance against Valentina at all. Not even the champion, Nico Montano. That's just a solid opinion. And why I say it that confidently and say it, I'm not saying that she can beat her. The, the probability of it's just so low, dude. It's like, it's out of 100, it, her probability of her beating it is 1%. 99% chance she does not win at all. She had, I looked up the record, I think she's like 4-2 and two or something like that. Let me see. What was it? It, it was something, it was like less than 10 fights. But let me look, cause, damn, like, she will get mauled. I'm saying I will revert back to the exact episode. I'm telling you, I'm posting it. I'm saying it here. She will get mauled by Valentina Shevchenko. That was a brutal beating. I couldn't even. I, like I said, I doubt. I, I watched the fight. I watched the fights. Valentina versus Pr- Priscilla. But that that I'm still kind of iffy on whether I want. I want to go back and. Uh, uh, assess Mario Yamasaki's performance, because I just don't want to see the beating. That was a vicious beatdown. So, like I said, Nico Montano is MMA record. Okay, let's see. Nico Montano, let me pull her up. She's injured right now, by the way. I think I already said that, but uh, I mean, it's not. she's a beautiful girl, but I, I just don't think that she... Is Ready for the storm. That's Valentina Shevchenko now, now. like I said this whole women's tournament thing on the ultimate fighter Has got to be one of the toughest things that these women have done, but if you look at it Roxanne Modafferi Necessarily isn't the high uh, is at the highest level of her career I'm not saying that it's not a quality win It was a great quality win. she she had Obviously so much less experience than her opponent and and Nico was able to generate and and Gather up a victory over a very experienced veteran in Roxanne Ferry. So that says that she can do that. I just feel that her performance wasn't anywhere near to being enough to handle. Yeah, she's 4 and 2. Okay, going back. What, her performance? I mean, she she looked good. She's quick. But she's not quick with the counters and she's not as technical as, as Valentina. And I, I, to sum it up, I just don't think she fucking stands a chance at all. It's just too much of a landslide. I mean, I'll bite my tongue in the end if I'm end up being wrong But but overall I just don't I just don't think that she has it now for Valentina I think it's a clear path to victory I think Valentina gets a finish in her next fight and I think that Valentina solidly becomes the UFC women's flyweight champion 2018 All right ladies and gentlemen moving on speaking of fights There's more fights this weekend UFC 221 from I think it's Perth Australia Perth, I think it is Perth, Australia But Alright, we got an interim title, another interim title This is one of the few that I feel that is You know, we need it This is one that actually makes sense But Yoel Romero takes on Luke Rockhold in the main event because Injury to the champion Robert Whittaker Fell out And now, like I said, Luke Rockhold fights Yoel Romero. Yoel Romero coming off of a loss to, um, to Robert Whitaker, a, a five-round fight. It was a, it was a close fight, but you know, I feel Robert, Robert did more than enough to win that fight. That was a great performance by Whitaker. Um, man, Yoel Romero is a fucking monster regardless, man. And he's a dangerous outing for anybody. He's one of the few people that I don't give a fuck if he fights for a title off of a loss, because he hasn't necessarily been solidly beaten in the UFC. Now he's had some bad. He's been in some bad spots. He's been hurt. He's done some. He's done some uh, questionable things, like the stool thing and 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 the, and the Vaseline and, and and obviously the drug test. But the drug test thing was proven to be a tainted supplement. So there's really nothing you can say about it. It's tainted. And then, so. Is basically just you know other than that he's look good he's look great inside the octagon he's he's a force to be reckoned with he's strong he's fast I mean, you look how massive yoel romero is you, you see how muscular he's on haters say these juices the girls he's a silver medalist in the Olympics I think it 2000 in 2000 he was a, a silver medal medalist in the Olympics and He's looked nothing but spectacular inside the octagon and, and he is facing one of the most dangerous and one of the most well-rounded and, and, and arguably one of the best-looking middleweights in the world. Luke Rockhold. He, he's, Luke Rockhold's a dangerous motherfucker as well. Cause, you know, he trains with some of the greatest of all time. You know, from Kane Velasquez to Daniel Cormier to, to um, Habib Nurmagomedov. He trains at AK and trains with, uh, Henry Hooft and, you know, has done some training with the black zillions, formerly black zillions, and he's done a lot of a hard you know, he, he's fantastic. He's he's looked phenomenal in his UFC run, obviously former strife force champion, highly credentialed. He's a former champion, he's had a lot of rounds, he's a fantastic fighter. And um this is a a, a clash of two of the best guys at middleweight. Well, two of the best guys I mean obviously there's a lot of great guys and there's a lot of highly stacked but arguably this could be number one and number two say what you want about Rockhold you know for the longest time I did think after that v- I, th- I did think after that Bisping fight oh was it his chin it's just the fact that he got caught you know he wasn't respecting Bisping and all that and then from the t- from the I was gonna say TRT kick from that crazy spin kick from hell from TRT Vitor man who doesn't get knocked out by that and some other fight like a second fight he lost by TKO but other than that Rockhold outstanding you know, just yo know, well Romero's explosive. He has he has he, he has knockout power in his hands and his feet and his punches is scary. It's scary to see what kind of power that Romero has. It's scary. He's a dangerous guy. He has excellent wrestling. Like I said, probably the best wrestling in all of UFC. MMA wrestling. Olympic style wrestling, uh, silver, silver, ah, a silver medalist in the Olympics. People are lucky if they even get bronze. I would be happy with a bronze one in the Olympics because I was one of those few that did get a medal. Okay, but he, he, you can't describe the kind of freak athlete that Yoel Romero is. <laughs> he he he's one of those people you've got you he's you gotta watch out because a split second a split second mistake with romero can have a flashlight in your face and we've seen it and like i said we've seen him tested too obviously i did think that uh those first two rounds with weidman i did feel weidman had those and then he threw the flying knee and I can't tell you I was thinking about I've been thinking about it the last two days how much of a disbelief I was in when I was watching that live on pay per view. I was in disbelief. I was like fuck, fuck, fuck He was winning and then he got caught. Brunson fight, he got taken down, he ended up coming back and winning. Um, the Machita fight I handled that from from start to finish. Um the Whitaker fight was the only real fight that we really saw, the long lasting cardio of Romero. And this is the fact that he got tired and, and you know, just just was a step behind Whitaker, the great Robert Whitaker, Robert Whitaker to beat Jacare, and he beat one of the most dangerous guys in the world in Yoel Romero, so, you know, that's more respects to Robert, so those two will lock horns for the interim UFC middleweight title, winner fights Robert, I was thinking about this earlier, I was trying to think in my head, who would I rather see fight for the title against Whitaker when he comes back? I think I want to go with, originally, who was set to fight him, was Luke Rockhold. That's if Luke wins. Luke has to get a win. He has to get a dominant win. Well, obviously, just the fact that he gets a win. Two things for Luke. After this, if he wins, he will get another belt. Obviously, he's an interim tag, but once he fights Robert, that could be... The the promoted to the undisputed so he gets he gets a chance. Not only does he get a chance He gets a belt and he's guaranteed to fight Robert next or next fight's gonna be a title fight regardless We've seen some crazy ass shit in the sport, but that's what's up side for Luke Luke's one of the greatest of all time Cormier he's he like I said he comes from the likes of Cormier he trains with the likes of Cain Velasquez Habib and and it's, it's a dangerous it's a dangerous fight for both men, you know necessarily It's just it's just hard to see for me personally, I love Joel Romero. I love Luke Rockhold. I love I love Luke more than anything. He, he he's one of the be- he one of the best guys of all time, and one- he has one of the nastiest ground games because he's vicious on the ground. When he gets you down, there's really no getting up from Luke. But for me, it's just hard to see a lot of ways to beat Yoel Romero rather than the way Robert Whitaker did. That's the only way I see him doing that. It's just a matter of having the cardio and having you, you gotta be cautious for that entire fight. That's the thing. You can get him tired and all that, but we've seen Romero tired. We've seen Romero hurt to come back to be victorious. So you, it's like you gotta be on your A game for this fight. N- n- not only, not only do you have to be on point the entire fight. You, you, you've got to honestly, like, watch from where you go from, like, the whole, from, like, the entire fight, like, from the beginning to the end, and, um, like, you just got to be cautious, because one wrong move with Romero, like I said, it's lights out. I mean one wrong with with I mean Luke necessarily doesn't have the crazy knockout power that say Yoel would have or uh, a Rumble Johnson or something like he doesn't have that fighting kind of power but he does have enough tools to put people who do have power away as in you know high-level Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu ground game high-level ground game you know his grappling game is stellar his striking game is stellar too he has a lot of nasty tools his left kick to the body is one of the nastiest thing I think Luke's a Southpaw too so I I feel the Southpaw's more effective style for me that's the style I would yeah that's that's where I I lead with my right hand and my left hands my power hand so Southpaw all day but um, Luke possesses a lot of tools to to end the fight and so does Yoel like I said Going back to what I said, the one way to beat Yoel is to is to outpoint him, to outpace him, like Robert did, even with the blown leg, a blown knee. I think Yoel is a kick to the leg. Yoel like a stomping kick, like the kick that John uses all the time. John Jones, and um, he fucked his knee. He fucked up his knee in that fight, and he still came. He still. Weathered everything that happened, and he wasn't in any trouble in that fight. He was perfectly ahead on the scorecards. It was a close fight. It was it was a it was a definitely definitely a tough fight for Winiker. Definitely a tough fight for Romero as a fight to learn from because Yoel wasn't too far behind in that fight. So I feel that Yoel definitely has a huge chance as well as Luke. That's what makes us one of the best middleweights. Anticipated middleweight fights of all time. Now, I don't know if I said this earlier, or if I said it on the last uh, episode of the Jimmy Kermesio show, but this is one of the most um, anticipated fights in my my personal life. Out of middleweight fights, I, I I've been wanting to see this fight for a while. I've been wanting to see this fight since uh, Luke was a champion, formerly that was the champion, and um. You know, it's a, it's an outstanding fight. It's an excellent fight. The winner gets a belt. The winner gets to fight for the title against Whitaker. And, you know, the careers go on from there. So, it's a great fight. It's a, it's an outstanding fight, and I can't wait for it. It's, it's, it's an outstanding fight. And, it, it, honestly, if you look at the card from top to bottom, it, it, it's not one of the best cards of all time. Because I... I I'm in these MMA discussion groups and and I look a, a lot I look a lot at Twitter and I see a lot of what people are saying and um, a lot of people don't sound too keen to necessarily um, too excited about this fight other than Mark hunt. Curtis Blades. Curtis Blades is on the rise number 9. And for him to get a win over Mark Hunt would be stellar for him. I would move him up, probably up to where Mark is. Mark's number 5. But for other than that, there's really no other cards. And speaking of looking at things online, a lot of people and a lot of... uh, For UFC 222, Max Holloway withdrew that fight due to an ankle injury and his fight with Frankie Edgar's off. Now, the UFC wanted to headline this fight... Card with the title fight, I mean Frankie Edgar versus Brian Ortega was discussed. That fight was discussed, and for me, looking at it, I feel that I I looked at it and it was a done deal. Last night, read it was like a done deal. So that should happen. It's just the fact it's not a title fight. Frankie Eger still wants to fight on the card, so by all means, I want to see Frankie Edgar fight. Okay, that's that that's what it is. I want to see him fight and um. You know, if it's against Brian Ortega for sure Ooh, That's a fight That's a fight to talk about We may get to that a little bit later Or maybe like next week or something If it happens Because UFC 222 is like I think it's like I don't know, even know how long it is from now But that that is That's an anticipated fight I said I picked Frankie Eger in that fight, but up uh, for 222, uh, people write a bunch of bullshit ass rumors and say they're going to cancel it. I don't know why, particularly the UFC wants to headline it with a title fight. Formally, possibly because the fact that it already had a title fight and it lost one. So they're trying to think of any possibilities from possibilities from, from. Cody Garbrandt to T.J. Dillashaw. I know that was offered. T.J. said that was offered, and I guess there's just a whole contract negotiation thing. The reasoning why it didn't happen. You know, paying money, the amount of right amount of money, it didn't happen. Um, another one in the news: Nate Diaz versus Tyron Woodley title fight could possibly be in the works. That I wish that happened. I wonder if that happens. That would be exciting. I, all I know is that the UFC wants to put a title fight on UFC 222. Now I don't know if it's necessarily in jeopardy, but it definitely is in need of an awesome super title fight. As Woodley versus Diaz would be. I mean that's a super fight. I I prefer personally Nick Diaz, Nick over Nate and Nate is coming off of a loss, but I'm, I'm not mad at the fight. That's an excellent fight. That's an entertaining fight. And for the UFC sake, for the WME IMG's sake, that, that's a sellable fight because it's a money fight. You know, Nate Diaz is one of the only people I know of that can headline a paper. I mean, there's probably other people too, but Nate Diaz has high ratings. He sells high ratings. So he would be one of the few to have a high, a high rating in... The um, who, he's one of the ones to, to headline a pay per view and have good ratings without it being a, for a title. Now the UFC wants to make it a title, and for Tyron, at 170 pounds, this is this is one of the things why I feel the UFC could jump in this kind of direction because there is no solid competitor. There is no solid number one contender. At I mean, Colby Covington, but I mean, but arguably like. There's no like, oh my god, this guy should fight for a bell. This guy, he, d- if this guy fights for a bell, it's going to be an absolute dominant performance. Like, oh, this guy's a next pick. There's no it factor at 170 pounds right now. Obviously, there's a bunch of contenders. There's a bunch of people fighting to be that next top spot. So, for Tyrant's sake, I think it's time for a super fight. And none other than Nate Diaz. That would be an excellent fight. I would not mind seeing that. Because the fact is, really is honestly really is no one else and if there is no one else then um why not do diaz because diaz i feel like i said brings in pay-per-view points he is he is a star he's been in the ufc for a long ass time and he is a draw he's a draw and it would put a lot more money in both of the men's accounts because the fact is but now in the new era that we live in you know like i said tj was 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 offered a fight with Cody, a rematch with Cody Garbrandt, on four weeks' notice. There's my answer right there. UFC 222 is four weeks away. Cody Garbrandt uh, wanted to fight the wanted to fight with TJ, and I guess it didn't fall into fruition, okay, because of the money thing. Because they're off, the UFC reportedly didn't offer him the amount of money that he he wanted to step up on four weeks' notice. Now, mind you, TJ. TJ's wife just had a baby not too long ago, so it's just a, a matter of, uh, um, you know, like I said, it's a money thing. Like I said, in the new era, everyone's demanding money, prices, different things, okay, prices, um, you know, to, to take these fights, especially on short notice. He is a champion. the champion. Uh, Cody's coming off of a loss. Obviously, he did catch catch him in the, it wasn't like a stellar close fight, it was an anticipated fight, and then TJ ends up winning, it wasn't like a split decision, or, or, you know, uh, one of those fights, I would like to see it again, but, you know, for Cody's sake, it it necessarily wasn't, you know, TJ, obviously wants a lot more time to prepare, as well as a lot more money, especially if it's going to be on short notice, I definitely understand where he's coming from on that, but, also, speaking of Cody, he also offered to fight frankie edgar on short notice as well and both of them are managed by ali abdelaziz so he offered to save usc 222 and fight frankie edgar that would be interesting fight i want to see people i want to see edgar get challenged now, I feel like Max Hallway would be a guy to challenge Frankie, but I want to see other challenges. Like super fights, like fun fights, that would be something I would want to see. Godbrand versus Edgar, why not? Let that happen. But for right now, there's no solid booking for a main event f- for UFC 222. Now, I feel like I've been talking forever, like not shutting up, but who gives a shit? Now, for UFC 222, like I said... Edgar versus Ortega is a done deal it's just a matter of who wants to see it I mean it's it gonna be I mean I do want to see it it's actually a fight now, talking about the fight you know we'll talk about it a little bit closer to the fight I do have my opinions and my early thoughts on it but necessarily now I mean people want to see it. People want to see a title fight. That's a, that's what I mean. Like Everyone wants to see Edgar Ortega. I want to see Ortega is is made. I want to see the skills this young man has against the upper echelon of the division and former Frankie Edgar. Now, Frankie Edgar beat Cubs once. Watson. Cubs once is the upper echelon of the division. The up, 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 upper echelon. Frankie Edgar, number two, best featherweight of all time. Second best featherweight of all time. Uh, aside from Josie Aldo, he's number three. Josie Aldo, Max Holloway, Frankie Edgar. But, you know, that is a main event-worthy fight. But, honestly, like I said earlier, the USC was targeting a title fight. So, you know, that's a good fight to have on there. But is it going to headline? Is it going to create high ratings as if it was like a Nate Diaz or something or a title fight you know title fight or not doesn't matter who it is probably bring a lot more ratings than a non-title fight headlining because honestly lately there hasn't been too many pay-per-view fights that have been non-title fights that have headlined now like I said that's a good fight that's just not the direction the UFC wants to go so whatever the UFC chooses to do I'm up with it. Alright. Anything else in the news today? Man. I've been talking for hella long. But other than that, man. This really, It's really... It feels fucking good to be back. I feel like I'm fresh as hell. Like, I could do this for another, like, fucking ten hours. No, it's just that I've been gone for so long and the passion's there. And, and honestly, where I'm at in life and how... I feel I can keep getting better because honestly, just people looking at me like I'm just sitting here talking to myself. No, I'm I'm having one of the best fucking podcasts of all time. I guarantee you to tune in. Tune in on a Castbox. Castbox is one of the best podcasting apps to use. You know, if you have an iPhone, like I said, like I said before, iPhone or uh, Android. You know, be a lot of people use Google Play Music, but I don't even use Google Play Music or Apple Podcasts hard because you know I'm hardly using Wi-Fi with my iPod. But um. <laughs> You know, CastBox is easy. the easiest shit to use. Now, I didn't get paid for that. I didn't get told, told to say that, but CastBox is what I use. And instantly, after I'm done with this podcast, I have the option to either edit it or publish it. And I publish it in a second with the use and help of... Of Anchor Radio. Like I said, you guys should get Anchor Radio. Because it's fucking legit. You can literally be anywhere. You can be in the fucking bathroom and do a podcast. You can be on the roof of doing the podcast. You can be standing on a fence with one leg in the air. Fucking doing yoga and doing the podcast. That's what I like about Cap. That's what I like about... um. That's what makes this podcast so easy. And so stress free. Because when I first begun this podcast. My big thing was like... what. What would be the best equipment? I don't even know how to use none of these equip none of the equipment here. How the fuck can I use do this equipment? And um So I looked it up on the phone and found out the hard way. Like usually not the hard way. I had to I had to put some work in definitely. But um looking at it, it was like Okay, you can do it on your phone. That's cool. That's why I started with Spreaker Radio. I don't know if you guys heard of Spreaker Radio, but my final home has to be cast Uh, has to be freaking uh anchor because anchor is the best. You literally like just pull out your phone to start talking. Segments It's broken down into five, five, five-minute segments. So you better, you better, whatever you're saying, you better end it well and, and and continue to the next topic, making sure you make sense. You just wanna don't wanna have a bunch of combined audio together and none of us making sense. You gotta, you gotta. Recognize the spot that you're at when you're when when the the, the countdown timer is going. You gotta look at your towards a five minute mark. You gotta kind of like finish your topic and move on to the next topic, or finish your sentence and stop, and then move on to the next thing. Like if I said, okay, will Williams versus Nate Diaz is an excellent fight. I think it's definitely. Perfect for headlining a pay-per-view, and and I, I think it's, it's it's notable and it's and it's worthy enough to save USC two twenty-two and Edgar vs Ortega is a great fight, and then you make your transition. Other than that, like you, you stop, okay, make your transition, and say okay. Other than that, this is another great fight. Like you summarize the things, you you capitalize with them. I've got to sneeze again. But other than that, you know. It's easy as fuck. Honestly, you just sign in your account and you finish it, and it goes to all the major podcast providers. Easy as shit. Like I said, it's made this podcast so easy for me to do. Like having this podcast, and and um, well, obviously having it regardless, but finding a solid home to where you feel comfortable. I feel comfortable as fuck with Castbox. Or no, I keep saying Castbox with um with uh anchor anchor radio is the best so definitely just if you're into podcasts if you want to produce your own podcast uh definitely anchor radio is the place to go because honestly when you have a podcast we're going so off topic this is why i love this shit when you have a podcast i've said this many times but that is your area that is your spot. Like I said, it's like, it's like a constant discussion. It's a blog. You get to say whatever it is you want to say. You get to talk about whatever you want to talk about. You get to say whatever, talk about whatever, depending on where you are, what you're at, and who's hosting the major podcast. But it's, it, it's, it's a spot for you to really talk about things you like. From, from sports to video games to anything. You could talk about literally like anything you fucking want to for me I, may, I mainly towards i mainly generate this podcast towards health physical health emotional health Spiritual health not just not just health, but you know overall and and, um, Motivational stuff and and kind of just like scientific things just a bunch of different shit all combined in one And I really love the style of it like I don't really I I, when I first started. I generally had like Idea for sports like for mainly to be like a sports broadcast and stuff But mainly it's transitioned to so many things I mean Joe Rogan's probably like one of my top inspirations as in when it comes to having a having a great podcast like his podcast perfectly like simulates what my podcast is. It's a bunch of different things, a bunch of different people, a bunch of different conversations, and that's what I that's what I aim for. I mean, we're literally on like episode one thirty seven. we still have so much time to go, so much time to evolve. And that's what I'm saying, like in the perfect mind, perfect day, and, and perfect studying when you study like that and you study hard and you dedicate yourself to something, dude, it gets better and better. Like every this podcast I feel like we're flowing is easy. Easily it could be the podcast of the year easily like i said we had so many other podcast episodes that i feel that will be podcasts of the year it's just it's all about your growth it's all about how you want to grow because you know there's a lot of podcasts i've had uh, in the past that i have felt that were one of the best but this one is uh, this honestly arguably could be one of the best podcasts and honestly looking at the last episode of segments it had like 70 people listen 70 that's fucking stellar dude that is fucking insane and and th- that's honestly one of my favorite things because that podcast particularly had that that podcast I dropped so much knowledge on that one and I feel like I keep saying the more educated you are the more the, the way you flow the more that you flow the w- the more you describe and talk about the things you talk about and the way that you do it the more educated you are the better placement of all the things that you talk about that you put together generates a lot better of an understanding for other people so if you're just rambling about about a bunch of different things or you don't have one solid topic or one hard thing to talk about throughout that whole podcast it's it's going to be it's going to be a barn burner for you not and not in a good way a barn burner usually could be a good thing but also can be a bad thing depending on what you what it is that you choose to do but um anyways like i said don't want to add anything more to that one of the best episodes of all time. But before we get out of here, ladies and gentlemen, I want to let you know that the G Meeker MMA Show segments is brought to you by GluntOfficial.com. I'm telling you guys, I'm trying to save your lives. Literally, I used to work in a convenience store and I would sell cigarettes, to people, swishers, people. I'm telling you, like I'm killing people every single day selling all this shit to you. But swishers, those swishers, those those um jobs, rolling papers, blah blah blah, etc. You get the point very unhealthy for you, it contains chemicals, how do you think they get the flavors in there, You got the lemonized, they got the grape, strawberry, berry, whatever the hell it is, all those different flavors, chemicals, equals chemicals, okay, those, those, um, fucking papers, chemicals, how the hell do you think you can get the white, what do they do, piss on them, Come on them, what do you think they do, they bleach them, and bleach, like I said, you're inhaling, you're ingesting these Bad chemicals, these life-threatening things, they can be, they can pose a significant health risk, ladies and gentlemen. I'm trying to help you guys here. I'm literally trying to help you. Not just me. I mean, like I said, we've teamed up with Glunt to help you. I mean, it saves you fucking trips to the gas station. I've seen people ca- ca- like come in the store like four times in one day to get their swishers. Now, I don't necessarily know how far they live or anything, but it saves you time. It saves you trips. It saves you years in your life. So, like I said, we've teamed up with Glunt Official to provide my loyal listeners of the G Maker Remix show and segments with uh, special promo code GABRIEL2018 for 10% off your purchase at gluntofficial.com. 10% off your purchase. Promo code 2018, ladies and gentlemen. That is it for our show today, though, ladies and gentlemen. Appreciate all you guys. We dropped some serious knowledge. and I'm honestly real happy, real thankful for all the people that do listen to this podcast. You guys are the great. You guys are the greatest. I look forward to establishing a solid Jimmy Kimmel Show fan base army and people that solidly do connect and listen to this podcast because I do see the views. I do see the attention. I do see the statistic. I do see the social media likes popping up and doing all that. So it's fantastic for me. And I'm very, like I said earlier, man, I'm very thankful for everything that everyone's does like i like i wish i could reach out i wish i knew who all the people were but i really honestly appreciate overall just the whole entire following and everyone that's tunes in for the podcast every single week like i said it was it was gone for a while i came back i know people are wondering but i didn't think about it i did not miss the podcast for. i didn't i didn't think about i didn't like stop thinking about the podcast for one minute i didn't miss one moment to stop thinking about the podcast and i thought about it every single time from start to finish and it was um like i said it it was a long-ass time. It was a long, 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 long time that we, uh, we didn't do it. 19 days, like I said, summarize it, 19 days without working. I love this shit. I love this shit. You know, every single episode I drop better knowledge. Every single episode it gets better and better. I get more comfortable, and as my passion starts to constantly keep rising, yeah, you know, I wish I could honestly just be like this all the fucking time. But like I said, times have changed, and things are just getting constantly better. We're on episode 137. Imagine when we get hit episode 200. We were thinking about this last time when we had on episode 80, episode 90 you know, getting to episode 100, you know, doing all these big things, having all these great guests on, that's, that's, that's what matters, you know, constant improvement and constant, constant changing of the, of the guard. constantly just, just keep getting better. That's all you got to do in life is just get better and prove and, and, and be better than you used to be. Like I said, guys, you know, where to find me want to have these discussions, you want to talk about fights, you want to follow me, you want to show show love and support for the G Meeker MMA show, follow me at G Meeker MMA on Instagram, I do have Snapchat, at, I've said this many times, at G Meeker underscore MMA on Snapchat, Facebook.com slash Baby 123, I don't know why I still give that one out, Facebook.com slash Gabriel Hernandez, ladies and gentlemen, you can follow the G Meeker MMA show on instagram and twitter as well at handle g meeker mma show one more time at g mma show and everything else follow me on every fucking thing you can think of twitter i'm, I'm mostly on twitter i go on instagram and twitter every single day facebook and i have to say facebook's probably the lowest thing that i go on out of all those things but like i said guys you can find me there i appreciate all the support I had a great great show great fights and for picks, final thing, one last thing I promise you before we get out of here. This is a hard one, but I'm having to go with the champ, former champion, Luke Rockhold, for, to, to grasp the middleweight title and um, the interim middleweight title and face Robert Whitaker later on this year. Official fight pick of the day, Luke Rockhold defeating Yoel Romero. Enjoy the fights, ladies and gentlemen, and enjoy the rest of your week and have a solid weekend, ladies and gentlemen g meeker mma out baby thanks to anchor radio thanks to glunt official guys we will be back next week g meeker mma out baby